Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. It's a hot Sunday morning, man. Beautiful, beautiful weather. None of this cold nonsense. We all sell some big old macho there today, eh? Jaguars, Patriots. I'm hyped up. We're going to go watch it at uh, Sports Girl in Pembroke Pines. little watch party action. Last night was a watch party in my house, man. First of all, it's my son's second birthday, so I wasn't really uh, – I was I was out of the, the sports loop yesterday until I look at my phone and I see the Cavaliers are getting up uh, 150 – thousand points to the thunder so i have uh i have my man gene over there at a happy place gym in uh in royal palm beach hey man can you put on this uh this Cavs game just so we can watch what this whooping is looking like because you know all the kids are starting to get to next level they're already in a, in a cake over 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 bath of just sugar and and processed food it was it was a glorious time um so I enjoyed that then i get home I'm, I'm getting ready for this fight night i actually take my second tv out of another room and I set it up in the living room so I can just have both of these on because we were in for a big night. And yes, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, how upset I was that you had Bellator, UFC, and boxing all on the same night. But what actually ended up happening, there wasn't too much crossover as far as the fights you actually wanted to see. It blended pretty well. Like, I was, say, early in the night, mostly focused on Bellator, I really couldn't give two bleeps about what was going on in that UFC card before the championship fights. I tried. Uh, I watched them. It just did nothing for me. It didn't feel like there were ramifications for any of those fights. They were just there. Get us to the championship fights. That's all that matters. Um, in the midst of one of them, we had the Errol Spence fight. I threw that up on my phone. I, I threw the Showtime Live up on my phone. So I had that going on. And Errol Spence was fantastic. He goes up. He dominates Lamont Peterson. Puts him down on the canvas in the fifth round. Seventh round rolls around. He's got it so in the bag. His corner does the right thing. They step in and they stop the fight. So I got that in the midst of things as they were going on between the two MMA fights. But yeah, Bellator definitely had big TV status. Uh, I was more focused on it up until we got to championship time. Once we got to DC versus Vulcan, I was focused on that more. And once... The only crossover we really had for the big, big fights was when we had Chael versus Rampage. That had like two minutes left in the in the final round. Chael looked like he had it in the bag at that point. So then my focus deviated over to... I, I, I put it on, on pause. I deviated over to the UFC Heavyweight Championship of the World. And that definitely, like we all thought, that had the biggest feel fight of the night. Every 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 punch in that first round, 
Felt like it could have been the end. Francis was swinging for home runs. Giancarlo Stanton porn hack styles. That's how he was going for Stipe's head. Couple moments of danger there, but Stipe was the better boxer. We talked about this last week. You know, it's not that I'm not buying into the Francis Ngannou hype. I love the Francis Ngannou hype. I loved it. I loved the buildup of him. I loved the packaging. Oh, he's the guy. He's he's UFC Drago. He's being built in the laboratory. But you forget how good Stipe is sometimes, you know, and, and, and that he's got all these skill sets. And we even saw him be more well-rounded. The one thing I think that really surprised me yesterday is how much wrestling there actually was because I thought Stipe was getting the better of him on the feet. I thought he was out boxing him. I thought he was out striking him. And so because of that, um, I thought he probably could have ended that fight a lot faster. It was almost like a, to a point he wanted to show how much more dominant he was than Francis Ngannou, that he was just so much next level better than Francis Ngannou, that he really, really wanted to prove a point. Like he, It felt like Stipe... Could have put Francis Ngannou out of his misery a lot sooner than he did. And it's not to say that Francis Ngannou can't be back. That he can't get back to the top with a couple more sensational knockouts. And that he could try and better his conditioning. But Stipe's better. He's he's just he's just that much better. And I think a lot of the times when we have guys who are super hot prospects. And they're going to be the next star. You think they're just not that good. No, no, no. Francis Ngannou is still probably the scariest guy in the heavyweight division as far as guy you least want to face because of what the ramifications are if you lose. Because if you lose to Francis Ngannou, it's lights out. It's night-night. It's over. But now we see the holes. Now we see how far he has to go. So maybe he'll get back there soon. It's it, you know We know that that heavyweight division is not very, is not very deep. But Stipe's a cut above the rest. He's a cut above the rest. He's a better boxer than he is. He's clearly a better wrestler than he is. He's probably in better condition than anybody in the heavyweight division. And look, right now he's got we got one thing to wait on for Stipe Miozic, and that's is Cain Velasquez's neck slash back ever going to get healthy? Because otherwise, he's wiped out the entire division. He's 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 done it all. There's nothing left for him to do until there's the next Francis Ngannou to 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 come up because. That was a that was a runaway yesterday. That was a that was a a runaway, a a, a beatdown, a humiliation. Francis Ngannou. I mean, there was at one point in the fifth round, they're just staring at because, mind you, holding down a two hundred and sixty plus pound man is also very very tiring. And there's a point where Stipe has no gas left in the fifth round, and he's just staring at Francis Ngannou. But Francis Ngannou has he he can't lift his arms. Can't lift his arms to throw a punch. He's that tired. It was it was something, it was it was a uh, it was a masterful performance by Stipe, but I, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be like, ah, Francis, the hype train was there. Good morning, Seema. Good morning, Tommy Guns. Good morning. How are you guys? That was a busy night of fights. It was very you, busy night. You're still pumped. I am. I was. I, I feel that. I don't know if that adrenaline is for the fights or for the Jaguars. The Jaguars. I'm really juiced up for the Jaguars game this week. I see that. today. It's it's uh it's very exciting. I very, thought very exciting. I thought about you last week. Did you? Well, I always think about you, but Thank I thought you. about you specifically. Thank you. During that Steelers game. That means a lot, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Tommy Guns and I said, we know Tobin is about to burst at the seams. I was. I was going crazy. With excitement. I see you wearing the shirt today. Yep. Steal the show. That's our slogan from the homeless lady who said the Jaguars are going to, you can't just have a newcomer come in and 
steal the show. Name's Roberta. She lives under a bridge somewhere in Jacksonville. Really? Yeah, the news caught up with her one uh, one day. I think it was after the the draft when they drafted all the good young guys. And they're like, uh, hey, you a Jags fan? She goes, uh-huh. She said, what do you think about this draft? They say they got the best draft in 20 years. They say they have the best draft in the entire NFL. Are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. Wow. And thus, and thus the slogan was born. Was it 420 when they interviewed her? I, I think it's always 420 for her. Yeah. It sounded like <laughs> And I feel like she's using stuff a lot stronger than marijuana. Yeah. She's uh she's she's going to the depths to find whatever she's got to do. So, anyway, so what stood out to you yesterday? There was so much there was so much going on. I guess we'll start with the main event, Stipe versus Francis. What stood out to you guys? What stood out to me was Dana's shocked face when he walked into the cage with the belt in his hand and the disappointment that was oozing from his pores. Yeah. When Stipe actually snatched the belt from him and gave it to his own guy to wrap around his waist. That was something, right? Yeah. That stood out the most to me because that was a sign that it was almost like an I told you so or ha ha moment. Because Dana's been putting all his stock behind Nganu and this new facility and the training. And, you know, I think there was so much more to that, to Nganu winning for Dana's ego right. than anything. In and his hometown. Yes. Fight yes. was turned around really quick. Um, and I'm not saying, like, look, Francis deserved the title shot, especially you look at the division the way it is. So right. I'm fine with him getting the title shot. But I'm with you, and it feels like, and this is just the fight game. Like, if it, it feels like Dana's come up short a lot, like he's at the craps table. They put a lot into a lot of these comebacks, and they've they've been coming up snake eyes. Like they haven't been they haven't been paying off for for old Uncle Dana lately. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how deep Engano's fight experience goes, but to me, what stood out the most last night was his. Um, Lack of knowledge on the fundamentals yeah. of mixed martial arts. It didn't seem that he possessed that. And that's what gassed him. That's what took him to that limit. I do believe after he sits back and watch last night's fight mm-hmm. for the second, third, fourth, fifth time, he's going to realize the areas of uh, opportunity that he has to get better. Stipe certainly deserved to win that fight. He... Ngano could have taken it earlier on, mm-hmm. and I believe the entire plan was for Stipe to get him past first, second round, and into that zone where he would gas. It's it's cool too with Stipe, and it's it, it kind of it's it. We're in this day and age where talking a lot of bleep rewards you in every kind of field in life. Almost it's, it it seems like, and man, he's such a likable guy. You know, he tells Joe Rogan, he's like, "What does it mean to you to 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 win three straight times?" He's like. Give a rat's ass about that. I'm going to be a dad. Like that's he's so <laughs> down to earth. He's so cool. Um, but that doesn't you know that doesn't pay at the box office a lot of the times. Even though he's also extremely fun to watch. You know the fight before that he beats Junior dos Santos on one leg. The fight before that he beats Alistair Overeem comes off a, a off the canvas. Um, 
so he's he's an exciting fighter. It's just got he's he's got a caveman personality that he's 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 about as opposite as charisma goes when it comes to if you want to scale it on Conor McGregor, they couldn't be further apart. Right. But he's he's a very exciting fighter. I but think Conor's exempl- super far apart from everybody. Most. <laughs> yes, this is true, and I think that Stipe exemplifies heart of a champion. Yeah, definitely. And they go in with good game plans as well. I thought that was a great game plan. But let's also say that because of the inexperience of Nganu and the lack of, I'll say, technique by Nganu, he really fought Nganu at the perfect time mm-hmm. to be able to say that, you know, he beat this guy and, you know, he's he's really not he he's not ready while he's the beast and he's amazing and he's got the Guinness Book of World Records for the hardest punch. It's almost like when Floyd fought Canelo. Yeah. It just wasn't quite there yet. So you beat that big name. Right at the perfect You get time. it under your belt. You have it as a part of your record. It's your feather in the cap. And you just know that for anybody who watched the fight, you realize that Nganu was not there yet. He was winging punches. I mean, let's be real here. He never hit Stipe with a clean shot. No. Like, and, and and barely touched him, and Stipe's eye was still closed correct, from it. Correct. He hit him with half a punch, and Stipe was not only impacted by it, you know, visibly. I felt that he was wobbled by that shot Definitely. as well, and he took a couple steps back. There was another moment, too. I can't remember if it was the third or fourth round where they got stood up, and it was like the last ditch effort of any strength France had left in his arm, and he actually caught Stipe he as did. as as uh, Stipe was fading away, and that was like Stipe was like, "All right, I'm not I'm not standing with this dude anymore. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's stupid. What's the point? I'm holding this guy down at will. Correct. And he and he hit him with a punch, a clean shot, but he was he was done by that. Yeah, I mean he was he was gasping. It looked like he just wanted a pillow and a blanket and go to sleep. There was another interesting thing Dana brought up on the Fox post game where he says, uh, I don't know where France is. We don't know where he went for the last two weeks. He went to France. We don't know why because he's been training at the UFC facilities and mm. apparently he basically lives there. Like they can't, they can't get rid of the guy. And so they all found it very odd that he wasn't there for the buildup of this fight, that he just kind of went. And and Francis talked about it afterwards, like, look, I underestimated the guy. I thought I thought this was going to be a walk in the park, that I was going to touch him, he was going to go night-night, and that was it. So maybe Francis didn't think he had to train that hard for this fight, because it certainly looked like he wasn't up to condition for it. No, definitely not. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't prepared to go past three minutes. No. Because if if you look towards the end of the third round, he started to look gassed a little bit. Uh, we'll continue on with our recap of UFC 220, all the stuff that went down yesterday. Bellator had a card. Um, uh, the, they, the, that was uh, that was interesting. And then uh, and then some, some boxing yesterday, too. So it was a very busy night of fights. We'll continue on with it next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. It's Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns here with you on a Sunday morning. UFC 220 yesterday. Uh, the only I, I I felt like yesterday last week as I said that I don't like the fact that it's such a busy night of fights because of you know I want to put my attention just on one card but it kind of felt like the way the night played out because UFC I thought was pretty thin 
it was good to have the other distractions leading up to the championship fights. And because uh, DC Vulcan was so short, that didn't really cross over with anything. Um, which uh, which Daniel gets another dominant win at light heavyweight. And now we're kind of just in this weird spot. Dana wants him to fight Stipe. That's what he said afterwards. He says that's that's the move he wants to go to, um, which I don't really know what else you do. Do you put him against Gustafsson? That's, I guess, your number one contender right now. He he beat the hell out of Glover. We've seen that fight before. It was a close fight before. So do they run that back? I think so. The other news this week that came out was John Jones passed, uh, whatever the hell this means, passed a polygraph that he didn't knowingly take performance enhancing drugs. I think John's going to be back by the end of this year. I think who initi- who did the polygraph? Is this a voluntary his polygraph? Team. Oh. His team. Oh. Okay. His team, but um I think it's going to and but you had the thing with Novitsky a couple weeks ago saying that doesn't logically make sense that John knowingly did it. The only thing that I think hurts John Jones when he gets in front of his hearing is going to be that he's a multiple-time offender. And I don't know if they're going to let ignorance be an excuse for him twice. So my understanding is that the, with the taint, the, we'll say it's a tainted substance, is that he took the substance and the ingredients didn't identify this particular substance. And when they tested the substance, it tested positive for that banned substance. It it seems like, and they don't even. I don't even know if they know what the substance is. Like it's not like that's what happened with Yoel. Remember when Yoel popped? They went and they found the actual supplement. Right. They tested it and says it's not listed and it comes up dirty. Right. With John, why do you get suspended at all in that case? I don't know. That's I think a, that's that, ridiculous. That's a completely fair question. I don't know why that happens. But with John, it this is a weird thing because what he popped for was such an old school steroid but was at such a small level it's hard to know where it came from or what supplement did it come from does he have to retrace and find what it is but because of the windows and the the test where he was negative to the test where he was positive to the test where he were negative again it doesn't make sense like he was using the substance that he popped for because the way people would use it it wouldn't be in this minute level because it's such an old school supplement. That's my understanding of it. So it's probably left over on a blender blade in the gym, huh? Or on a bathroom counter. Yeah. With a credit card. Ooh. Maybe. Nuts. You know, maybe. I don't know. Just saying. Just if it is that that kind of a level. It's a conspiracy. They're just out to get John. Hey. That's let's just, just get him back in there, right, Tommy Guns? Just put him back in the cage and What let's are we doing go. here? I think you just call it even. Even Steven. Let's go. Let's get it back. Let's get it back in. Let's see uh, DC. John 3. again. DC John 3? Yes. Something about DC I just can't stomach. Really? I don't know what Too it funny? is. Too funny? I think so. I don't know. I just don't know what it is. I'm sure he's a great guy. It's just something about him. That I don't mind seeing him get beat up. It was weird that the it felt like the fans were really behind him. He, you know, he's been a guy who's been getting booed uh, pretty Probably badly. Feel bad for him. Maybe I don't know. You know, I, I don't I, know I think what it is. I think at his point, this has to be a pain in the ass for him. Like I think he'd rather just know, hey, I can't beat John Jones, and it's just on the level, rather than hey, your back being the cha-. like you're introducing him like the undisputed uh, reigning. It's like, well, he's not really raining. He just lost, you know? I mean, it's a weird description of him. But 
what is he supposed to do? Not his fault that John can't stop putting stuff in his body, knowingly or unknowingly. Like, at this point, you just got to be on John's team. You got to be like, hey, look, man, let's just keep it to, like, kale shakes or something like that. Yeah. Let's just go. Because you're probably good enough to beat anybody anyway. Why don't you stop using anything that is a powder? Anything. And that's how we'll go about this. Agreed. And I think for... Anything that's a powder. <laughs> for DC to be, what's it, two times gold medalist? No, two times Olympian. 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 So that's that's big, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's fought his way there. He's lost those fights. Um, but he's fought, and he's it's true. If anybody's going to get popped with something... It happened to be John again, right. whether it's something that you intentionally did or unintentionally did, you got popped. And it just weighs towards uh, DC to to be called a champ. Yeah. But, you know, look, there was a it, John was out a long time mm-hmm. because of things that were his fault. And quite frankly, look, the rest of the field that has had their chance to go at Daniel Cormier, the couple shots at with with Rumble. Uh, Gustafson going at him like he's dominated them all in very good fashion. I mean, honestly, the ugliest fight that he had outside of losing to John Jones was against Anderson Silva. Um, he's looked really, really good in that cage. So it's not to say he's not an excellent fighter. It's just you have this weird situation hanging over him that he can't get past. Like I almost feel like if the John, if John was fighting active, maybe we would see DC at heavyweight, and maybe DC would do work against a Stipe uh, Miocic against. It, you know, if he were to out wrestle him, if he were to to go in there and and have a shot, I mean, man, DC he's a strong dude, and that's that's cutting weight, and that's having to get himself to use the towel uh, to to even make two hundred five. If he were able to go there with no weight cut, I mean, who knows? Stipe, maybe. Mm. You don't think so, Tommy? Not it's a shot. At least, it's at least a competitive fight. I mean, I was not that light heavyweight fight. Halfway in the first round, I was like, "Oh, this is done, done." You know, it was at least, at least from last night's perspective, I was a little more excited to see DC engage. Yes, I I'm so not a fan of the wrestling component in yeah. MMA. It was a big wrestling night. I think we saw okay. that. Like the strikers, the strikers got worked last night by 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 wrestling. It happened in the Rory. Douglas Lima fight yeah. on Bellator, you know. Um, I'm just and Rory. I think Rory probably did the least amount of damage uh, on the top until he got to the fifth round, where it was time to close the show. Maybe that was a little desperation because of how messed up his leg was. But it, it because he was doing well, the hobby told him in the corner, you got to let it all hang out this round. Yeah, you got to give it all because I don't know where we are in the on the cards. Well, it was tough to know because I thought because of how little he was doing on top. It just took Lima striking that leg and Rory falling over. I was like, okay, kind of got to give that round to to Lima because Rory's getting in these great positions, but he's not doing anything with it. Right. Um. But because and and then Lima, it's it's the same as a knockdown to me. If you make his leg that messed up and it has, you got, you got like a little alien growing on the side of his calf. Yeah, I gotta get. I gotta give Lima the round there. I I agree. I agree with you, but I think there's something in judges' minds. And it, maybe there, it's it's still this unfamiliarity with mixed martial arts, where you could be dominating around, 
and then a guy takes you down and oh we got to give the guy we got to give the guy the round that took him down you right. know it's it's so it's still so weird the way some of these judges score cuz 49-45 on one card for the judges yeah. in favor of Roy McDonald 49-45 that's ridiculous yeah i agree that is a ridiculous scorecard i think that people like that the commissions have to do a better job of regulating officials and who gets selected and not just your friend getting, you know, getting him the hundred dollars about to be a judge payday. These guys need to be held to a higher standard. And I think the commissions have to do a better job in regulating that. And when when judges put up cards like that, that are so off, they should be banned for a fight or two. Yeah. Well, it's, it should be like what they did um with uh, Canelo Triple G when Adelaide Bird's card came out, and they're just like, listen, I don't know how you got that scorecard. You need to take the rest <laughs> of the year off. Yeah. Like, that needs to happen more. It's true. Like, what were you, like, stop flipping through your phone and watching Facebook mm-hmm. and watch the fight. Absolutely. What are you doing where you don't see the obvious that's going on right in front of you? Yeah. What are you watching? Um. Yeah, so the wrestling at a big night, Chandler... I mean, Chandler was uh, was was dominant over over uh, was it Yakamura? Is that the guy's name? I don't know. I how I pronounce it? I'm just not a huge fan. Yamauchi. Not a huge fan of the wrestling component. I understand it's a it's an art. It's one of the mixed martial arts. I get all of that. It just makes for horrible fan fights. Right. Well, it was. I think I think it would have been in the heavyweight fight because I thought there were a couple points where Herb could have stopped that fight, and I feel like I feel like if if it would have gotten stopped, we would have had I think people would have been more pleased that Stipe got the the end result like he was able to finish, uh he was able to finish Francis, not that we didn't get the point that he was dominant, but I just think that people would have gone home a little bit more satisfied. I just think it got to the point where, hey, he was so tapped out, he was so out of energy, it was. It was at the point where there was no shot he was coming back from that. Why can't we just get the result that we what, that, he, that, that he earned? He looked a little better towards the end of the fifth round. I guess. I, he threw a couple of shots, and I was like, wow. Okay, I didn't think he had I think he even hit Miocic with one, and Miocic kind of backed up like, okay, let me. Well, let I, th- me. I think I think Stipe was tapped by that fifth round, too. He's yeah. like, man. I was shocked. Dude, he's got to hold down. I was shocked that Herb didn't stop the fight because normally he's known for stopping a fight a little early and people complaining. And I think that, you know, he's probably shell shocked by that. Doesn't want to get jaded. He doesn't want the controversy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He don't want Dana calling him out and saying, you know, Herb Dean, I'm I'm disappointed that Herb didn't let the fight go on a little more. Right. You know, so he's damned if he do, damned if he doesn't. So. But I'm I'm okay that he left that fight go on, um, just for the fact that he always Ngannou always has a sledgehammer chance. Right. Do you think because because Dana did mention that he wants to do DC Stipe afterwards, and DC said as Kane, he's like it's weird because Kane's in the gym a little bit more. I really do expect him by the end of the year. If you had your whereabouts, do you want to see? Kane versus Stipe or DC versus Stipe because it's tough to keep it feels to me like it's it's tough to keep chasing this dream scenario of Kane Velasquez fighting again I just 
how can you have faith that it's going to happen? He's always so banged up. He's put his body through so much. Just don't know how he can keep going. And I understand that DC's in a tough spot because that team particularly, AK, is very, very close. Uh, and they're basically, they basically coached amongst themselves in addition to, you know, getting themselves ready for these fights. So I get why it's it's a hard scenario, but if you are Daniel Cormier, I do feel like getting that win over Steve A would be this difference maker in his career. I think people could always could look at him a bit differently than being the guy who just couldn't beat John Jones. Being light heavyweight champion and heavyweight champion, that's something that John's people have been wanting John to do for years. So if, if he were able to do that, man, I think that'd be a real feather in his cap for what has been a good career, but has this weird asterisk also next to it. And I almost feel like it would be upon Kane to say, look, man, if that's a big payday that you can get, as a friend, I'd say, not my fault. It's not your fault I haven't been healthy. Well, that that's what I see. That I take issue there because while Cormier is constantly saying, oh, no, I'm going to hold out for Kane, I think if Kane was man enough, he should step up and say, you know what, DC, you've earned this shot. I'm going to take a step back. You go fight for the heavyweight title, and then, you know, you win the fight, great. And I guess they have some sort of allegiance that they'll never fight each other. I'll tell you which what. Is, you know, I think whatever. If, I think if DC does it, I think he retires. I think it's just, And he could at that time. He's, he's going to be 40. He's not yeah. He's not fighting. He said yesterday, I'm not fighting until I'm one past 40. If he goes up and he gets to have that accomplishment, that accolade, I, I, I mean, I just, I, I feel, I find this weird that, you know, he, he has to be held back by, by some I agree. loyalty. I think that's when ridiculous. You guys, your buddy's neck doesn't work. You know, I think that, I think that that sucks to a degree. And I agree with you. I feel like if Kane does the, if Kane were to do the right thing, if he's not fighting by the summer, that's the honorable thing to do from your quote unquote brother. Yeah, you know. What do you think? Don? Do you agree, or or do you understand the 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 loyalty there? I understand the loyalty. Of course, you knew you were going to get that from me. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the loyalty, and that may be what DC is waiting for. And Kane has somewhere in his head that I'm going to pull it out. Give me a little bit more time. Whoa, give me a whoa, little bit whoa, more time. Whoa, whoa, so going whoa. down. I don't that even line, know what all that's about. I'd, well, I'd rather fight. see. I'd rather see DC and um, Stipe. I think I would too at this point. Here's the here's the solution: Gustafson DC, they fight. Gustafson gets his shot mm-hmm. because he's the number one contender. So they replay that back. He gets his shot, and that gives Kane a little time to go through whatever he's going through. And then after DC defends his title against Gustafson, which could be in the summer. Mm-hmm. The end of the year, if Kane's not ready to fight, then it's Miocic DC for the belt. I think it's fair. I think I think I think that's a that's a fair timeline. And then maybe in the midst of that too, though, you're we, welcome, Dana. We find out what happens with John and his status. Uh, there were a couple of new championship fights announced this week. We'll get into that a little bit next. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin, Seaman, Tommy Guns here with you. Um, before we move on to the, the title fights that were announced this week, uh, any thoughts from the Chael Sonnen, Rampage Jackson 
first round of the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. What do you think of the Heavyweight Grand Prix as an idea? Do you like it? I kind of like, I dig I the idea. I, I, I like, like the, the idea. idea. I do as well. I like the Thumbs idea. Thumbs up, for sure. It's bringing, Who doesn't like a heavyweight? It, and it's also bringing some of that Bellator tournament mystique back. Yes. You know, and I think that's a that's a good way to do it if you're going to bring it back. I think they're they're all trying to put their own thumbprint on the Bellator brand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the tournament philosophy was always good for people. I think it was good for careers. And it was also good for the viewer to tune in and to see it. While the consistency has obviously drastically changed for Bellator events because it seems like, you know, you could go three months without seeing a Bellator and then, and then, you know, in a four week period, there's, there's three tons. Of them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you're, very, you're right about that. very inconsistent, which I don't know is necessarily great for the brand. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that bringing back some, some tournament style fights that allow people to, to win in advance and, and ultimately getting a shot at the belt, I think makes for intrigue and good, good commentary. I think so too, and I like the fact that it's it's almost for having all these old guys be at the point of where they are in their careers, having them fight at heavyweight like that. You know, putting Chael at heavyweight, he's never been there before, kind of revitalizes him a little bit. Um, you know, same thing with with now that you got Fedor and Frank Mir, they're going to get to fight each other. You got the old Ultimate Fighter matchup with Mitrione and Roy Nelson. Um, it's kind of cool, and then you basically have for for a lack of it, two light heavyweights. You have the light heavyweight champion Bader taking on probably the number one contender in King Mo. Um, so they're moving up. So there's a little bit of goofiness to it, but I like it. I think it's I think it's cool that for a division that's really had no identity for Bellator for the longest time. Right. It's a good way to to get it broken in. Uh, not the most fantastic fight yesterday between Chael and Rampage. I did like getting to count every time Chael took him down. Of did you know they had a side bet ten Gs every time uh, Chael took him that. down. So I think, he ended, I think he ended up with 30K in the pocket if he honored that bet, if the bet was honored. Uh, but I was worried for a second because I'll tell you that, that first round, there's two things that happened. Um, Chael kept touching Rampage with the left, but it wasn't really hurting him. But he was also very loopy with it. Like, Chael's not known for his striking, so he's, like, ducking his head down. I'm like, and I don't want to see this ended up with Chael's son Rock'em Sock'em style, and he's going to mm-hmm. get flatlined. And then they engage... And it was actually Rampage who got the first takedown. He like ragdolled Chael yeah. right to the ground. And Chael's like, oh, I guess I got to wake up a little bit. And then we saw his bread and butter. Uh, that woke him up. Yeah, the bread and butter really went to fruition. And he was able to take Rampage down at will at that point. And Rampage was getting so frustrated. He's like, come on. Come at me. Come on. <laughs> Which is like the. Stand in front of me. Come on. Stand in <laughs> bang. Let's go. Um, at so what cool. point does Rampage give it up? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question, Tommy. I don't when they're, know when they stop. When they're not willing to pay him to fight anymore. Yeah, I mean, you know, people, he's still he's still a huge name. Um, I don't know where you go with him he now. Hasn't, this, he yeah. hasn't gotten a lot of damage in fights. No, no, no. The at guys all. that have sure. beaten him are guys that that take him down and lay on top of him. Pretty much. You know, they, it's not like he's taking a lot of punishment. It's not like him being in the UFC and getting, you know crushed by Nganu or kicked in the face by Overeem. I mean, Overeem, what we need to be talking about is is Overeem and Orlovsky hanging it up because they've taken some 
tremendous damage. damage. Yeah. They're not going to know their names in a few well, years if funny. they continue you on this path. You know, it was path. crazy to me. Like I look at these heavyweight rankings, and I was like, they were, they were, they were, uh, they were advertising the the 221 card the and then like and they show Mark Hunt's logo and he's got a 5 next to him I was like man Mark Hunt's the fifth ranked heavyweight in the world right now in the UFC I'm just like wow it's not it's not the first of all this is a guy who wanted to get out of the UFC he's suing the UFC and he's there What's he's, he suing them for again? He's suing them for let me see if I can recall this. He's suing them because oh he's suing them because of the Brock Lesnar fight that they knowingly gave Brock Lesnar an exemption when they knew he was juiced to the gills. So he was suing them for negligence of having UFC 200 go, go, uh, go forward. But, um, but he's fought for them, I think four times since. Um, so there's that. <laughs> so, so he's still fighting for them, but yeah, he was, he was playing to sue because they had an obviously juiced to the gills, Brock Lesnar fighting him at UFC 200. That's, that's the, uh, the, the, the background on that. But he's fighting again. He's fighting at UFC 221. Yoel, shout out to Yoel, American top team. He's fighting Luke Rockhold, who shout out to Henry Hooft at uh, Fort Lauderdale. So he got a kind of South Florida connection there. Those guys are fighting for the interim belt while Whitaker heals up. So so Luke's not with AKA anymore? He switches. He, I think, does both. But he has been doing most, when he's doing his striking training, he's been training down here. Like the last fight that, he fought when he fought David Branch for his comeback. He was doing the majority of his training here, um, and I don't think it's any. It's not animosity. He just wanted something different. He was just trying something new. You know, I think he was searching for himself after the biz being lost a little bit. So he's doing some work here. I mean, they got a great. I mean, it's a great stable there to train with. Basically, all the the guys from the Black Zillions um, going with Henry Hooft. But um, what's the name of their new organization? It's called it's it's like Hoof Kick Club. Club. It's it's it Combat it's, Club. Yeah, I think it's like Hoof Combat Club or yeah. Hoof Kick. Uh, it's not no. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Hoof Combat Club or something like that. The fight fan that I am. Uh, this past week, there was this fight at Coconut Creek at uh, the Seminole Hard Rock. Yeah, uh, not the Hard Rock, the Seminole Casino. Yes, uh, Coconut Creek, and it was really, really a great fight. The amateur fights, the the pro fights, really good. It was um. Well, they're doing, XFN. XFN's doing regular stuff there now, right? And then isn't uh, what's it called? Titan is doing stuff at uh, I think Extreme, like you know the go kart place. Yeah, I think they're doing regular fights there now too. Uh, and that's kind of like they're almost like the feeder to UFC. And they got the UFC Fight Pass deal. So anybody wants to check out some local stuff, there's a couple good promotions that you can check out and and uh, and catch some action. I always like when the stuff happens down here. Gotta exactly just... you're feeding the pool and there were so many people from combat club that were part of it as well um att showed up showed out it That's was cool. really great to see all of that the locals it was really good sima's been at that extreme go-karting and i think he won a competition over there you go-karted against everybody yeah yeah <laughs> that smile <laughs> That's, That's fun time. stuff have you ever tried it i have tried it it is fun yeah, that it gets your adrenaline going. It does. It does. They give you, like, the helmet and everything. Yeah, it's full. It's Gloves, helmet. It's not like that bogus boomers. Remember boomers? It'd be like, ah, what, what am I going, three miles an hour here? This is nonsense. <laughs> That's why it's an empty lot now. Yeah. That was beginning, you know? That was for beginners. The, what's the other one? The K8 or something K1. like that? K1. You ever seen K1 speed? Nope. So you got K1 speed go-karts, and then you got extreme indoor karting, I think it's called. Yeah. I've gone to both. <laughs> Um, 
Before we get out of here, so don't get in front of me going slow. That's I, I, I wouldn't want say. to. I, I wouldn't want to spin you out. Before we get out of here, uh, they announced this week they are doing UFC 223 is going to have Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. Wow. Four right now is for the interim title, but nice. apparently if Connor doesn't sign up quickly, it will be for the undisputed title. So are you cool with them getting to the point where they got to strip Connor? And who do you think is going to win that fight? Because that's a good fight. I think Tony Ferguson's going to win that fight. I kind of agree with you. I think that Tony's too long and tall for Khabib. And dangerous off his back. Yeah. Dangerous off he, his back. He, he prefers to, if on the ground, it seems like he kind of works better off his back. Yeah. Submission and those elbows. Elbows are, are sick from, from underneath. So I'm I'm going with Ferguson on that. I think, you know, as crazy as some people may say I sound, I think that Ferguson would beat McGregor. Would he beat McGregor? I think he takes him down. Once he gets him to the ground, unless Conor has made some miraculous steps forward over the past two years in his uh, ground game and avoiding the takedown, I think that Ferguson can take a punch better than some of these other guys that McGregor has faced. And if he could take a punch to take him down, I believe that he that he has the if he doesn't beat him, he's got the greatest opportunity within that weight class to beat Conor McGregor. What do you think, Tommy Guns? I I gotta take Ferguson as well. You think so? Yeah. See, it's something about the styles because I think that if Khabib were to take on Conor, I think Khabib's going. I think Khabib would do work on Conor. I feel like that is a that's a style mat, uh, matchup nightmare for Conor McGregor. Tony. Definitely, like, I agree with a lot of what you said, but the window there for Tony to get hit because he's a bit of a savage where he likes to get hit. And I think we've seen that style before. I'm thinking of, like, Eddie Alvarez where Eddie will take take two to get one. And against Connor, that that power is next level in that cage. He does, he, he puts it on people and they don't seem to get up. What stands to be seen moving forward is how hungry does Conor McGregor remain? Definitely. Um, it's a little different when once you've gotten that... I mean, this guy's gotten a payday like nobody else ever in the history of MMA. So will the hunger remain? Obviously, the belts don't even matter anymore. Right. It's not about It's not about belts. It's about fights at this point. And it's going to be... I think he super fights from here on out. And hopefully... The hunger remains, and he continues to commit and put forth the effort that we saw him put forth for the three years that he was prior to these big fights. Yeah. And and the onslaught and the commitment and, you know, the dedication to all of the, the, um, the training regimens and the, the focus on human movement and, and all of these other characteristics that you saw him bring to the cage that... A lot of fighters at that particular time were not talking about, and there was not a lot of focus on that. We've we've since seen that change based on the this the superiority that he showed in the cage. I think too that um, you know, there was these reports last week where they the UFC has booked a venue in Russia for September, so that obviously leads you to the conclusion: oh, they'd like to do Conor versus Khabib in Russia in September, and it. It feels to me like the way the UFC's been going lately, 
karma-wise that's going to land with Tony Ferguson beating Khabib because none of the UFC plans, they feel like they've worked out to what they want happening lately. Mm. Like, their plans always just get bleeped up. So maybe, I mean, maybe that'll turn, but it feels like, oh, you're, you, uh, you making that, uh, that report getting out of the venue getting booked, it feels like it's messing with karma a little bit that Tony's going to be like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to choke your ass out as soon as you get on top of me, and that's it, and then I'll go fight in Russia. Correct, and and that guy's, you know, Tony's conditioning is on another level, yeah, too. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that guy could fight, you know, two five-round fights in one night. Yep. So, don't, you, you know, I, while I know he's not one of these guys that people look at and they're like, oh, wow, he's an amazing fighter. That dude is a grinder. He's a warrior. Yeah. And he's not going to quit. We know that the, the sports, like, to put a 10-fight win streak together, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 so crazy for all the things that can go wrong. Like a fight again. Like, look at Rory Douglas Lima. Like, what if his leg would have gotten kicked one more time? It's not to say that Rory would have been a bad fighter or didn't put forth a great performance. It's just things like that happen. And how do you how do you guard against that the 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 margin for error in that cage when things just go just don't go your way to come out and get your hand raised ten straight times it's unbelievable mm-hmm. it's unbelievable so we'll see we'll see how that all plays out and and uh, what may happen it looks like it's going to be a fun fun little fun little storyline to follow guys uh, fun night of fights and uh, we'll talk about whatever the hell happens next week we'll uh, we'll dive into it and and have some reaction for you and we'll. Uh, We'll have some fun there. Everybody have a great rest of your Sunday. Go Jaguars. Welcome back. Fighters Fury bonus segment here. We had so much to get to. We didn't even have time in our 45 minutes of airtime that we were able to get to. So I wanted to throw a couple things out there. Uh, didn't get to the Errol Spence, Lamont Peterson performance much in the show. Errol Spence looked fantastic yesterday. He has uh, definitely solidified himself as one of the top guys at welterweight. Now the question is, what do we get next? So, you know, this welterweight thing is in a bit of a hodgepodge. You got You got yourselves... A lot of top guys, a lot of different promoters. Will guys be willing to do business? Clearly, the the fight that probably should be next is him versus Keith Thurman, who's been on the mend, who is uh, hopefully going to come back soon. Will we get Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence? And then, you know, how much can you expect of Keith Thurman? Like, Errol did take a lot of time off, but will Keith be able to come back and be in peak form? Is he the same guy that he was early on when he was really on this rise? These are some questions that definitely have to be out there. They're throwing Jeff Horn um, up in this conversation because he has one of the belts right now. I can't do it. I, I really, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. I can't throw Errol. I can't throw Jeff Horn in the same class as Errol Spence and Keith Thurman. You know, he didn't beat Manny Pacquiao. And he, I, I really, it's one of the decisions. I can't even fi- flummox figuring it out how they got to that scorecard. So to me, he's on the outside looking in. Um, will we end up getting a tournament style of Terrence Crawford taking on Jeff Horn? Apparently, his promoters don't want to do it. Um, and then the next question is: Will Terrence Crawford be in this mix later on in the year? Will Terrence Crawford move up to one forty-seven and get himself in this? little grouping up up uh with Keith Thurman and with Errol Spence. You know, welterweight's very has always been a very, very thick division. There's usually been a lot of talent there. The question is can they get these guys all to do business? That's the real problem. You know, I think right now we're at a place where it seems like the heavyweight division 
You got a lot of guys clawing for the top, but there's a little bit more willingness to those, for those guys to do business with each other, even with the different promoters. With welterweight, it doesn't seem like you're quite in that same realm. It seems like, you know, there's still going to be a rift between the Heyman guys and the Aram guys. There's still going to be a rift there of one of these guys to all get into a ring with one another. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get Errol Spence to get in there with Keith Thurman next, and then we'll see what happens from from there down the road. Maybe we'll get Horn versus Terrence Crawford, and it's almost like you have your little tournament style there. Uh, but Errol Spence looked really fantastic yesterday. I mean, he was ripping to the body. He was going up top. He put Lamont Peterson on the canvas. Really, really butchered him. I'm glad that I'm glad Lamont Peterson's corner did stop it when they did yesterday. Thought it was a good stoppage by them because he wasn't going to win that fight. He wasn't in the fight. A lot of these, he got put on the canvas 10-8. Like if, if there were some of those rounds where he was getting beat so badly, you could call it 10-8. So it was a smart decision by them to stop the fight. Um, and to me, he looks like he looks like he's more well-rounded than Keith Thurman. Um, a little bit more dangerous than Keith Thurman. I like the, I like where he is in his career, not coming off injury against Keith Thurman. Uh, so I, I favor him in that matchup. Um, as far as going against Terrence, man, that's a hell of a fight. It's a hell of a fight. It's it's one of those fights that that deserves to have a million people watch that fight. That's how good that boxing match would be. Um, but we know that's not always the case. The the fights that are most deserving of your eyeballs don't always get them. But Really, really exciting bout to look out for upcoming. The uh, The other interesting piece of news that happened this week, and I, I need this fight to happen, is Manny Pacquiao coming out and saying that he wants to fight Lomachenko uh, at a catchweight. We need that fight to happen, man. I don't know what anybody else is sleeping on as far as um, what they want to see Lomachenko do next, but Lomachenko needs himself a big, big old trophy head. Like, you want to walk into the... Uh, into the den and you see all the safari heads he needs himself a, a big old big old fish a big old trophy to put on that wall and uh and manny pacquiao against against lomachenko talk about high action high octane high volume i i, I mean the way that lomachenko's moving these days it almost reminds you of what pacquiao was like back in the day the difference between them both lomachenko is harder to hit but the angles he comes from, um, I don't even know if you can compare him to Pacquiao, but just the fact that they they were so quick, you couldn't keep up from where they were. And Pacquiao's defense was almost his overwhelming offense. So they don't quite compare on the same level because I think also you look at Pacquiao and Pacquiao would just beat people to a bloody pulp when he was young and, and at those weight classes. That That's just how dangerous he was. But was always willing to take a couple shots to dish out. Instead of uh, eating one to give out two, Pacquiao would eat one to dish out six or seven. That's how, that's how he would go and dominate people. With Loma, he's been just making people miss and and frustrating them from where he's getting hit. But I don't know if anybody looks at these Lomachenko fights and say, well, he's beating them to the point of painfully submitting them he looks like he's mentally breaking people it's a different kind of winning I would love to see these two in a ring together I know it's not maybe not the ideal point for either one of these guys in their careers of it's not it's not ideal for Lomachenko because Pacquiao has no titles 
it's not ideal for Pacquiao because Lomachenko probably doesn't have quite the marquee name yet. But man, look at the ratings Pacquiao did fighting anybody on ESPN, fighting Jeff Horn, just a dude, and he put up monster numbers. I would love to see this fight. I hope I hope they make it happen. I know that Lomachenko's management came out, aka his family came out and said they they're not interested in it. You know, Pacquiao's not the name anymore. Hey, if you have a guy, the star power of Manny Pacquiao at his age, telling you, I want you. You need to have that fight. There's This is not a for debate if you're Lomachenko's people. Everyone's going to watch that fight. It'll put Lomachenko on the map like nobody before. And I, I, I can't imagine not wanting to, to make that thing happen. I understand that he comes with some danger. But heck, man, you're, this, you're Lomachenko. You're the guy who makes people quit. To me, this is the next move. This is the obvious maneuver, Lomachenko versus... Manny Pacquiao. What else could there be? Um, to to not to pass up this opportunity when Pacquiao's saying, "Hey, I want, I want." To, first of all, there's not many people saying they want Lomachenko. The fact that Pacquiao's saying he wants Lomachenko, I mean, come on, you got to make that happen. Let's go. Um, I honestly, I want to see it more than him versus Terence Crawford. I know that's been one that's been kicked around and has been uh, bantied about, but to me. Right now, Lomachenko's the the hot commodity. I want to see Manny Pacquiao versus Lomachenko more than I want to see Pacquiao versus Terence Crawford. Um, Crawford physically, I think, can do more damage to Pacquiao, but I want to see stylistically what Pacquiao versus Lomachenko looks like. I really, really do. That's an interesting one to me. That's uh, that's our bonus segment. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your week. Uh, fun week. Really a lot of fights to react to, a lot of news to react to. I'm sure we'll get to more of that um, next week as the uh, as the time rolls on. You know, this this train in the fight game, it never stops. There's always a lot of things to talk about. But uh, have a fantastic rest of your week, everybody. I love you, and I mean that personally. I mean that sincerely. I love you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.